0: Hi guys, it's Billy here from the SWN Podcast, back again with another SWN Podcast Rewind as we go back into the archives and give you a past recording episode uh, and with this little bit of an extra intro, with some bonus info, etc, etc. So hope you're all doing well, hope you're enjoying uh, just whatever you're doing. It's, it's it's really warm, it's really hot here right now in Scotland uh, if you're listening outside of the country. Uh, so we're having a lot of good, good times, good fun times. Uh, and, and all that. Um, so this episode that's coming up now is episode 121. It was recorded back in November 27th, 2021. Yes. And then it went out uh, December 17th, 2021. It was from season three. It was with Billy Kirkwood and this episode was just an absolute blast to record. Um took a little bit of time setting up uh, between myself and Billy, uh, Billy and Billy, Um so we eventually got there. We found a, a night. Um, it was it was uh, my wife's birthday night out. Cause her birthday's the twenty eighth. Um, so she was out for the evening, and I had the house to myself on a Saturday. And I decided I would I would speak to Billy Kirkwood. So this went I said back and forth with, with trying to arrange a date, uh, for it. But uh, luckily for me and unluckily for Billy, uh, it he got COVID. His family got COVID that week. So he was isolating and was unable to work uh, or, or do any any gigs or what have you. So he got to speak to me instead. So the, the chat itself, it's a big long chat, could have went on for longer cause it was just so much fun. Um, about half an hour in, our internet died. It just absolutely cut off and, and we couldn't get back on. And it turns out that uh, Billy's uh, son, I think it was, um, had run a bath. And it overflowed and it shorted out Their electricity So about an hour later I went and walked the dog About an hour later uh, I eventually got back on And we finished our recording for the evening But we had had such a good time um, Recorded into It was way past My general recording time Uh, I don't like recording past like 9, half 9 Because I just get tired And it's not good for me as an interviewer It's not good for my guest either If I'm going to be uh, just, just uh, like slurring about uh, due to tiredness, and uh, it just means that you don't get a good, good uh, listening experience either. But it was really a lot of fun, and you're going to hear it in a, in a couple minutes. Thank you very much for continuing to listen to our rewind episodes. The last couple of episodes have have had incredible numbers. I'm so thankful that you're checking it out, um, even if it is just a couple of minutes and listen to this bit, and, and then you've already listened to the episodes in the past. But Please keep going checking the back catalogue of episodes That'd be really appreciated And uh, enjoy this episode with Billy Kirkwood So like I said, it was episode 121 from December 2021 It's season three's episode with Billy Kirkwood Enjoy
1: The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas
0: Podcasting Network Found exclusively at WrestlingWithJohnners.com Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. Uh, I am your host as always, Billy, and uh, I'll be joined by another Billy, shortly. But first, I'm just going to give him a bit of a hype up, even though he's he's waving in the video version. Uh, He's an award-winning comedian, writer, presenter, actor, commentator, uh, a million other things as well. We'll get to it. It is the one and only Billy fucking
1: Kirkwood. Oh, my goodness. Hello. That is hyping me up way more than I deserve. Thank you very (laughs) much. Thank you very much. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, It's lovely to see you, Billy. Lovely to see you.
0: I know, I'm so excited for this one, uh, just because we, we're we not, neither of us are the best at replying to messages, so it took a little bit longer oh, than man. we hoped to get this That's actually so set up. I'm um, so sorry. But uh, I'm here, video version, you get to see, we sport my Billy Club t-shirt, and and no excuse to Very to wear rare, this.
1: very rare, very rare now, I don't even have one of those, I don't even have one of those.
0: I know, I, fortunately, I bought it when, pre-lockdown, so it, it's a little bit tighter now than, it once was preach uh, brother preach brother. anyway right first question is always the same though swm podcast uh, it's always the same one it's how did you get into pro wrestling so what was the moment that when you watched it what got you hooked
1: oh my god um well i've i i, I am an old motherfucker now and um, so um i i am old enough to remember just the tail end of british wrestling uh, being on TV and the reason I remembered that is because my mum would watch it like every Saturday afternoon and this was you like it could have been repeats man it like could have been repeats but I do remember it and so I always kind of liked wrestling like from single figures but for me it was like when the WWE tapes or WWF tapes started doing the tour and it's like I like wrestling but you're telling me like like, these these huge arenas in, like, in the United States where, and everyone, there seemed to be a point in the very early 90s when everyone got Sky. <laughs> you know, every, everyone got Sky. Like, they must have been giving out Sky dishes for, like, 10 quid or something. So that is when I started getting into wrestling uh, because I, I discovered there was a whole new world of wrestling. And for me, it, I didn't give a crap. Like, it was any type of wrestling. Like, there was even places near where I live because there was like I think um the Americans came over here in the West in Ayrshire, where I grew up, and uh, they built like a huge like uh, cable company like so everyone got like free cable, <laughs> and like so there was areas of the town that got WCW or NWA NWA WCW like stuff, and then you would get WWE so that that was it man that was that that was my, intonation into pro wrestling uh getting like the WrestleMania four double box set because like you know vhs obviously came huge and and they were expensive back then though man like wrestling videos used to be like 15 quid so trading would go around school and that was when i would get to watch wrestling that was when i and i just fell head over heels so from about like nine or ten all i would do is watch any type of pro wrestling i could get my hand i did not discriminate and then and I, I got and I'm also old enough to remember when SummerSlam 92 came to the, the UK. And that, that was, mad. I mean, oh, oh, I'd have murdered to have went, like, absolutely killed to have went, But uh, uh, that was kind of it, man. That was quite a sweet spot round about pro wrestling. And, and WW, WWF was king. WWF was king.
0: The thing about oh, the tapes you mentioned, fifteen. I, I'm remembering now. My first one was uh, my first tape was it uh, was WrestleMania fifteen. Was the first tape nice. I got, uh, and I got it. That on Makes holiday. me feel fucking
1: old, mate. That makes me feel fucking old. Thank you. I
0: started much. watching in ninety nine. If that makes it any <laughs> that makes it any worse, but um, so, it does, it's a lot worse. <laughs> so so I got it, and then it was, it was my dad that bought me it. My dad was quite. He was tight. He wouldn't buy anything really, uh, if if he could get away with it. And now think about it, fifteen ninety nine for a tape. is fucking expensive i would pay for that now <laughs> so yeah. i mean
1: back then i mean that would have equated to like i don't know that, that would have been the equivalent of like 25 quid 30 quid mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like if you think about it i, I remember <laughs> i think it was about 90 i'm gonna say like 94 or something you know uh just when i basically got interested in two things girls and pro wrestling um and i remember there like, was an azad video right an azad video opened and this, no, maybe it was later than that. It might have been like 1997 or six or something. I can't remember, but um, opened in like Irvine and uh, they got in all the WCW tapes. Uh, but clearly they didn't know how much of these were worth. So to buy, these were about $2.99. So yeah. basically my dad went, Here, get one of each. Like, you know, we went in and, and you could, I still remember the look in the guy's face being like, you know, ringing it up, kind of like going, hmm, he seems very keen to me. And it was like, fucking yes. So my, my, my collection, like, burst overnight. But, like, the videos, man, it was the only way. Like, we didn't have Sky. We were, I'm from a working-class family. Like, we would get Sky on and off, depending on, like, what deals were going on or, or how well, you know, mum and dad's pay packet was. Uh, um, and even then, I, I remember I got a paper run specifically to pay for Sky so I could watch WCW on um, RTL which was a German channel <laughs> with ge- free with German commentary. Um, and uh, so I could watch like WWE Mania and like Sky 1 and occasionally, depending on how the month was going, I'd check out a pay-per-view in Sky Sports. So fucking, it was like, you, if like people these days, and I don't want to sound like an old man, but like, you have no idea how fucking lucky you are that you can watch all this content. And hey, Vince, this is a free plug for, like, a ten tenner a month on the WWE Network. Like, you have no f- fu- I- like, 10-year-old, 12-year-old me would have killed- would have killed my parents, my parents' friends, my brothers- I don't have a sister- but would have killed them all in order just to watch it, man. Oh, oh man. Oh!
0: WCW in, in, in German, I bet you thought Alex Wright was the biggest thing ever.
1: Oh, my God! Like, <laughs> seeing, the, like seeing their version of, like, WCW Worldwide, he was, like, the <laughs> main event in every episode. Like Alex Wright, Das Wunderkid, every single episode. So I kind of did have a, I thought Alex Wright was a pretty big deal. (laughs) I still kind of do, to be fair, from like 96. But he was also on every fucking pay-per-view, man. So It must have been worth something to them, that that German market, that bratwurst money. Do you know what I mean?
0: Um, the, the other thing, I remember, again, you mentioned the Sky. We, 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 did, we were the same. We didn't have Sky, uh, but we had On Digital or ITV Digital, as it was wow. first known. I
1: had On Digital,
0: mm. and uh, so we got Channel Five. So we got Worldwide, and uh, yes. with the with the cartoon Batman kapows and yeah. longs and boings when a chair shot was hit, oh. and uh, and of course Sky One. So I'd get Metal, or uh, or like that. So that, I that forgot all
1: was about pretty... Metal some good stuff in that. It's, oh, uh, classic isn't, e. Rios. Isn't YouTube a nightmare now? Because, like, you can just get lost in wee wormholes and, like, going, I want to see Essy Rios versus Jerry Lynn from 19... You know, it's like, why am I watching this? Rob Van Dam versus... Uh, what was the one I watched the other day? It was Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn from, like, a random episode of, like, Sunday Night Heat. Like, just a random... Ep- Maybe it was even Metal or Shotgun Saturday Night. But it's a fucking cracker. Like... 20 minutes they tear the house down, and you're like, This must have been like a dark match after or before Raw, and people had no idea what they were seeing. I love shit like that. I love shit like
0: that. You got like heat with uh, like Steve Blackman and just booting folk and uh yeah. just hitting them with sticks at four I, at six o'clock a, on a Sunday.
1: <laughs> I was a big Steve Blackman, Mark. Man, I was a big Steve Blackman, Mark. I fucking loved Steve Blackman. I don't, I don't know. I what blows my mind is like originally he was meant to start with WWF in like 1991. You know, and you're kind of like, what would that happen? Like, like the, the Godfather or Papa Shango. And it's weird how, like, your timeline gets totally fucked up. Cause I was, I was literally watching because today's the anniversary of uh, the Undertaker winning. Oh, fuck you. I sound like such a nerd, but I am. The Undertaker winning his first ever WWF championship at uh, Survivor Series, right? So it's all over Twitter. And, and I, and I, but I'll always watch it going, man, that is, that is, only four years removed from WrestleMania three, and that seems like a completely different world. That's like the fucking Goonies and like fucking Ronald Reagan and in like the, like the mega eighties, and then there you're, nineteen ninety one and going man that just seems so weird like i could never imagine the undertaker winning the title in like 1998 or 1997 and that's what i love about pro wrestling man i actually wrote my wow well, that's my, oh, fuck man i'm gonna sound like such a nerd i actually wrote my dissertation on how uh, pro wrestling was a critique of american culture so there you go I don't like, uh, oh. I don't like the mask slipping too much. People expect fanny jokes and stuff like that, and I just don't like people knowing that. I do have a, I do have degrees. Sorry,
0: but I think you're on the right podcast if you want to nerd out about wrestling. Yes, we're, we're, uh, we're absolutely fine. I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the sort of nerd that has a WF European title behind me, so I'm, I'm all in for the nerd. Ship. I love the
1: looking belt. If you don't mind me saying, I love the looking. Oh, belt. I love
0: it. I love it's it. every, it's, it's, one that always gets compliments. I've got a cruiserweight one behind me, which is I- ironic in so many you're ways. Old.
1: oh, classic. Love it. Love it,
0: and uh, an undisputed belt under here as well, which is. God, I've got my
1: uh, I've got my intercontinental classic championship belt. My my wife got me for my thirtieth birthday. Um, down, uh, literally within arm's reach, I've got it just down there. Um, I,
0: I know it well because uh, I, I was at one year I am the tag team champions ones uh, shows in Inverness. Yes, be- because I watched. I was watching clips, and I knew the point where you're going to ask someone to wear the belt, and I was like, get
1: "Ready, get ready, Get wants to wear the belt." everyone wants to wear the belt it's like it's such a weird thing and it's not just men it's women as well like i remember we did a thing like on, on uh, my radio show like maybe like i don't know six months a year ago and i took the belt in um and it was just kind of like uh and everyone in the building who liked pro wrestling or not or were like even the most Vegas of fans were like can i get a go with the belt, can I hold the belt, can I put the belt over my shoulders? like, gosh, you can, brother. That's exactly what it's here for. That's exactly what women, men, the whole thing. Everyone likes idea about, I don't, I actually don't even know why they bother giving out knighthoods. Just give out championship belts. The shagger title was the one I wanted to bring into ICW. The shagger title, shagger title, non, non champion, non wrestler title. But, um, we uh, we never got there. We never got there.
0: No, you're absolutely right. I mean, even if I mentioned to anyone, because when I lived alone, I had them on the wall. Because, right. you know, I was single and uh, women weren't coming back to my house as frequently as I probably would have liked. But uh, so, so they were just on my wall. But if any mates come over, regardless of whether they like wrestling, we looked at it and go, geez geez a go. geez a go at, yeah, a go
1: at
0: kies, You know, just just admit it. Just watch let wrestling. Me,
1: let me ask you, are you an over the shoulder? Are you, uh, Always. Uh, are you an over the shoulder or are you around the waist, man? Um,
0: I'm over the shoulder just because it's easier to, to pose with. Um, me I dependent I on
1: situation. I've got, I've got a yeah. different answer for that it's a, simply because um, um, if I'm cutting a serious promo backstage, I'll hold, the belt like, I'll hold the belt like this. Ric Flair holding the NWA World Heavyweight title. Right. Big fan of that. Big fan of that. If I'm cutting a serious promo, man. I want you to see it. I'm like It's my trophy. It's my baby. But if I'm coming down to the, if coming down to the ring, Championship Magic Mania around the waist, Going down a raw, maybe just the kick-up shits over the shoulder, because then I can take it off and smack someone with it. I've th- I put a lot of thought into this, Billy.
0: I, I like the Jarrett way. It, he would just have it over his shoulder, but he would uh, tuck the bottom strap in. So I, I I don't know why I always loved that way. Not a fan.
1: Not a fan no. of that. Mister And Mr Jarrett's a friend. and uh, Not a fan. Not a fan. I hate that. I hate that clipped up and over the shoulder. It's like, why? What are you doing? And the Diesel way, don't even get me fucking started, dragging it across the ground. How dare you, Kevin Nash? How dare you
0: well the the roman way had it back over his shoulder like it was a like a backpack
1: like yeah. I never mm. quite got that to be honest I never quite got that. Is a it's like yeah, I, guess, I guess it's kind of cool it's like every time rick steiner would come down to the ring with a, a championship belt he would wear it backwards and it's like i don't get it i don't get why that's meant to be cool i don't get it
0: like at least when ziggler did it he was doing a wee big big uh, grindy pose and <laughs> showing it off and everything. Um, this, I didn't think we were going to delve this far into sorry, sorry. all the belts, well, but I'm 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 in for it, so it's fine. <laughs>
1: well, you know you, you know something. It's it's. I, I remember me and Chris are talking about it when we did the Tag Champion Show. It's like the only thing in the world that wrestling fans we are probably we are probably some of the most liberal kind of fandom people you will find, to be honest. But we are pretty judgmental. It's like Intercontinental Champion with those hips. I don't think so. It's the weirdest kind of attitude we were like remember remember when Dolph Ziggler cut his hair oh I dyed it brown what the actual <laughs> fuck that lasted a week a week and it, it was like we were fucking outraged outraged but now it's back to the noodles so we're off it's the weirdest thing in the world no, speaking, speaking of that
0: world. anytime anyone mentions like wrestlers that they the, the, oh, could have been bigger I always bring up Eric Escobar he was on Smackdown wow. for a month or something like that with Vicky Guerrero as her I, new boyfriend,
1: I'm always slightly obsessed with the kudos, and I try not to because it can make me sad. Like, uh, what was the name of that guy? I knew I was going to forget his name, but there was a guy that was due to go into a program with the Undertaker, and they even filmed. Oh, what was his name again? Hey, Vance. Hey, Vance. That's him. That's him. They they put out promos. He was going to wrestle the Undertaker. Then, doosh, no, it's like, oh my god. And and one thing I've learned from, and I I'm not name dropping here. But I will say to anyone, uh, particularly folk in the business, they kind of get tied up with things they hear about in the business. It's like, because I think everyone's kind of trying to work everyone else in their own ways. Like, uh, um, I did actually say to, uh, um, he said, don't believe anything you hear. Don't believe a fucking word you hear. So what happened that somebody suddenly went, No, did, was Vince backstage at SmackDown we looking on the monitor and I went, who the fuck's this? Who the fuck is this wrestling My Undertaker? Do you know what I mean? It's like, um, but what happened to him? Eric Escobar. Uh, Eric Escobar. There's another one. Escobar. Um, who was another one that I was thinking about just the other day? Remember, uh, um, remember um, Carlito's bodyguard?
0: Jesus. Jesus. He was in a w, uh, WSX, World Society yes. Wrestling. Yes. Is. Things
1: are going well when you end up in WXS. <laughs>
0: I know. Oh, that, yeah. Jackson Andrews, another one, came in as a big bodyguard for Tyson Kidd and was gone after two weeks. Gone, gone after a week.
1: Gone after a week. What the fuck? Remember that bit where they were trying Tyson Kidd out with loads of different managers, and then he ended up not getting a manager at all.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Matt Striker at one point,
1: and Matt Matt Striker, fucking, um, um, what's his name? Michael P.S. Hayes. I uh, did have uh, Armando Estrada at some point as well. They brought back Armando Estrada. They brought him back they signed like everyone forgets as well like, it was mental stuff like they they re-signed gangrel and he never wrestled you know what i mean they, they re-signed <laughs> him for like a two-year deal and he never wrestled on screen what the actual hell what the actual hell but here we go there we go
0: honestly uh i mean as well god i've shown my age there um it, it is fascinating they, they get they do get dragged over hot calls a lot but when you, you just imagine what it is backstage, just literally Vince looking at, like you're saying, looking at a screen going, the fuck's that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, like, <laughs> I can only talk about my experiences in, the, in, in ICW. I mean, I'm not involved with in the creative process, thankfully. I mean, but the only times I'll, like, I'll maybe be asked my opinion from, like, a commentator's point of view or to get feedback if it's, if it's Do you know what I mean? Um... But I can only imagine what it must be like getting that creative process and then seeing maybe like the equivalent of a plot hole or like a worm, you know, going like, oh, shit, we're not doing that anymore. You know, just just that whole aspect of it must just be nightmarish. And I can only, like, from, you know, radio shows or, or TV shows that I've worked on, the amount of work that goes in, it's like what it must be like in WWE must be an absolute fucking nightmare. And uh, kudos to them for managing to produce fucking what 10 hours of telly a week 10 hours of telly you know it's just that's wild that's wild
0: yeah, organizing that and then you've got every every nerd much like myself just under the sun tweeting them uh, asking them to sign people to fire people to to send them to aw to to buy <laughs> to get someone from aw to um oh yeah it's just i i it but would you overthink it Wrestling is a scary business to be in. I'm I'm happy just to be this side of it. I'll just quite happily do this.
1: <laughs> I, do <laughs> you know there's been times, and it's kind of weird because like I think I would love a creative role within it, but um uh, a, a, a more expanded creative role anyway. And and um but then what would that mean? Do you know what I mean? Like I, I like what exactly do I mean by that? Do I want to be like like on the front line thinking how fucking stressful that would be? How Vince did commentary and then ran a company at the same time that's mental do you know what i mean that man was running like a huge multi-million pound wrestling company in the height of the attitude era and out there doing commentary every monday night and then being a character on tv holy fuck like i, th- I think the only things i'd ever want to do is Help people with promos. I quite like that. I'm happy to be a sounding board. And that's something Mark Dallas has allowed me to do, which is kind of cool. But again, it's like a casual kind of thing. You know, it's like, and even then people will come and go ideas and we'll discuss them. And it's like, oh yeah, that's great. Now go and tell Scott and Dallas. Now go and speak to Scott and Dallas or Rudo or, or Jester, because those are the guys that you have to convince. Those are the guys that will give you the feedback. Because I don't sign the checks, motherfucker. And because uh, it's nothing worse than, oh yeah, that's great. I'll do that tonight whoa <laughs> like, no you don't you go and talk to the guys that actually will give you the feedback and they might change what you've just said man so just let that go and the number of times I've also talked people down that went I'm going to say this I'm going to go and say this and I went don't do that <laughs> don't do that nobody wants you to per- pretending you're possess- your foot's possessed in the middle of a match don't do that let's let's talk this through what are you trying to do so that's kind of cool I quite enjoy doing that but that'd probably be about it for me man that be it. That and that and wrestling commentary.
0: Uh, so let's. You brought it up. Let's bridge the gap then between you starting to watch wrestling and you actually uh, being part of of the wrestling business. Before that, did you yeah. go into any indie shows? Did you go to CICW or did you go to any any uh, WWE shows? The Glasgow. What was your kind of background? Oh, yeah, with the, I mean,
1: like, uh, um, I mean, it was. a um, I mean, I've, I would go to loads of shows. To be honest, in terms of. It was usually WWE shows. I mean, indie shows, I'm not having a go, but in Scotland and particularly during, like, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, there wasn't really a lot of quality indie stuff coming through here. I mean, don't get me wrong. You could you could go down the hill and then randomly you would see, uh, like, Masawa wrestling on a show in, like, fucking Kamarnock, to, you know, the Palisator in Kamarnock. You'd be like, What? You know, he just got, like, booked on a tour or or something like that. But I didn't get to see a lot of that. I got to see a lot of um, independent shows. But in terms of much later, once I'd kind of started getting out in the world and sort of finding myself, uh, I did go and see some ICW shows. You would, again, there wasn't really a huge, like, we were somewhere between, like, the really family-orientated, easy, easy. We are still kind of in that kind of realm. So there wasn't, like, a lot of strong independent stuff. And ICW was probably one of the first, to be honest. And that's not a blight on anyone else, but they were just doing something different. They were doing a, an adult-orientated product, a sports-orientated product as well. And um, my introduction to ICW was that uh, Neil the Wee Man Bratch piece had started doing of Me and Neil are huge wrestling fans anyway. And um, we're also really good mates. So he was doing an ICW show as the Wee Man. Now, what everyone needs to know is Neil is a really good mate of mine, and I tease him relentlessly about the fact that he's the wee man with the internet fame and all that type of stuff. But we can we can go we can go do the song. Like if anyone has ever like I will, I will give him a hard time. If you don't know who the wee man is, go and Google the wee man. He's done loads of incredible work since, um, which you should go and check out because it's fantastic. Um, but what happened was is I went to see him and ICW show on a Saturday night, and I think I had a, I, by this point, I was out gigging, like, I think I was full-time even at that point, um, so I went to see a, a rare Saturday night off, so I went to see him, and I think he got the shit kicked out on by, I want to say Noam Dar, and Rob Cage, I think so, I think they might have even called The Ascension, i'm not even making that up i think they were actually called the ascension and he came out and did his song at halftime wherever it was and then they beat him down blah 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 but i loved it because i stayed and watched the whole show and it was great And i loved it because it wasn't it was a uh it was an adult adult oriented. you were just kind of it just kind of felt like someone was finally doing a wrestling product which was speaking to me and that's not taking anything away from the fwa guys and I don't really know if there was a lot of independent companies really up and running at the time in England. I'm sure there was, but none that were trying to do a sort of, I, I think, God, I've got to watch myself because I don't want to be disrespectful. But I I don't think there was companies that were really producing, they were they were looking at what they were doing in the United States. They were looking at what they were doing in Japan, even on the indie circuit and going like, well, we, let's find our voice and start doing that version instead of just doing like fucking tribute shows where you would have a guy turning up dressed as the Scottish Rock and you know the the Fife Undertaker and all this type of stuff like they were letting people showcase their talent and I always respected that and uh, so I went and saw that show and that was my introduction to ICW then um, fast forward about a year later uh, they were looking for a guest ring announcer and they had a couple of comics in to be ring announcers uh, who like, I think one of my mates, Richard Gadd, who's like a BAFTA award-winning actor now, incidentally. Um, he's going to be a huge star. Um, he came in and been like the rock and got the shit clothes lined out by Joe Coffey. And, and I was coming in to be a heel ring announcer. I, I, I'd been coming to brought, be brought a heel ring announcer. And um, we Man had put my name in because we did very briefly a short-lived wrestling podcast, which I cannot even recall the name. I cannot even recall the name. I don't think there's any episodes even out there. I I would struggle to even remember. But I was in the car with them when the guy that was originally booked pulled out. So he went, hey, would you fancy doing it? I was like, are you fucking joking? Yes, I would love to be a ring announcer. So uh, I turned up, um, walked to the ring. Dallas was really, really nice to me. Introduced me to everyone when I got there. I'd worked in, I don't want to say I'd worked in showbiz, but I'd worked in, I kind of, I knew... I was a well-read wrestling fan. So I also knew, don't come in and be a twat. Like, you know, say hello to everyone, show respect. You're in someone else's. Like I would at a gig, Billy. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I wouldn't turn up uh, backstage at a venue or anything like that. And I'd like an arsehole. You show respect. You're there to have, you know, you. And, and everyone was so unbelievably nice to me. And my job was I was meant to go out and uh, take the mic off uh, uh, MC Tommy, who was the original ring announcer for ICW, who was not happy about me being there. And subsequently I, I like, Tommy's a really nice guy, um, really talented fella, didn't go his way in ICW. This is the way things go, do you know what I mean? Um, But he was not happy about me being there, and he was quite rude to me, to be honest. Um, And if Tommy, if you were watching this, you were. And if you felt like I had disrespected you in any way, then, you know, you have nothing but my apologies, but it certainly was not my intent, but I walked into the ring and I went, right, you get to fuck. And the fans all trying get to fuck, get to fuck. And I was like, right, okay. And I think the fact that I had like a rapport with the fans kind of impressed Dallas is like, oh, this guy's just not an asshole that's turning up to like take a paycheck or, you know, just wanting to get in front of an audience, which I think sometimes, you know, if, if, I'm a big believer in hard work, and commitment to things and also i was real and, and what i did was without any real guidance i did like a couple of minutes of like wrestling jokes but they were quite in jokey like i'm sure i had something about oh man i'm sure and i feel bad about saying this because it's a very different world and it's a different time but I should have made like horrible jokes about john cena sniffing his fingers and all that so I said, well, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly high art do you know what i mean but uh, but there it is And the guys that were on the TV crew went, oh God, this guy knows what he's talking about. And this was the thing. I was meant to start ripping into the crowd to set myself up as like kind of a heel because it's what they were doing with people. Because later on, the Bucky boys were going to scare me away. Right? That was the whole plan. But just as I'd picked a guy, and I went, he's going to get ripped. Like I'd, I'd, I'd specifically picked a person. They played the video, they played the video early so the heel turn never came the heel turn never came and um and then i was asked back i was briefly the gold labels ring announcer but again i was playing it for laughs i don't know just an asshole really um and dallas was i think impressed with elements of what i did and he said he would love for you to bring a ring announcer uh i I think at that time the my channel thing had up so he went Hey, listen, would you like to be a commentator? I would love for you to be a commentator. I've never done wrestling commentary in my life, but again, it was one of my dreams. You know, it's like, I'd fucking love to do that. I probably can't be a ring announcer then because I imagine if I'm on commentary, and there is a couple of those My Channel episodes where I am ring announcing and I am on commentary at the same time, only a couple of them, but there's at least, you know, they do exist. and uh, and that was that really. We were we were off to the races. We did the my channel thing, and then after my channel, uh, then we started doing stuff on Fight TV. Maybe wrong, maybe wrong. I, I, think. I maybe. don't know. I'm just trying to with my. Sorry, I'm just trying change. to. But then, like, it became a regular thing, and and that was it. That was me off to the races in ICW, and and even how I do commentary is much different. I mean, I still catch myself on into old bad habits, but I do my best to, you know. Uh, um, but it's a very different world now. And uh, I still love it all this time later. And that was it. That was my introduction to ICW. Every now and then, uh, certainly Mark and Scott will have you have to tap me in the right direction, going like, we're on the network now, buddy. It's like, oh, of course we are. I know that. And because I'm diverse, thankfully, and it sounds like I'm pure bigging myself up, but like I have to do a breakfast radio show for four hours and people will say things like they'll come and see you do stand up and they'll go, I don't know how you don't swear. I find it really easy. I find it really easy not to swear. This is the big. I'm breaking kayfabe, brother. I'm breaking kayfabe. I,
0: I, that, I was I was very conscious not to ask that question because I'm assuming there's be one you be asked every time uh, if if I ever do like stuff like this. Um, but we go rewind way back to this, the start of that. You talked about tribute shows. Uh, yeah. Did you did you ever get to any of the tribute shows, or was yeah. it just yeah? How, what, I mean, who was your who was your uh, wrestler? Who's your WWF wrestler that appeared? Mine was mankind.
1: Oh. Uh, uh- <laughs> Well, in saying that, I did see Davy Boy Smith, like, legit Davy Boy, like, I did legit see Davy Boy Smith, so it must have been somewhere between WCW and him going back to the WWE, it must be, like, somewhere in there somewhere, because everyone forgets, like, he went to, like, WCW in, like, 93 or something, then he did a stand there and then he came back, so, um, so I did actually legit see, but in terms of... Oh, let me, let me think now. Let me think. I wonder what happened to a lot of those wrestlers. Like, i legit do wonder so. yeah. what happened to I remember there was a guy called Rockhard Richie Brooks. I could probably Google. I never thought about that. His name has never gone past my head. But he wasn't like a Stone Cold tribute. He wasn't a Stone Cold tribute. Um, so let me think. They was definitely the Scottish Undertakers. They were a tag team. They were a tag team. And one of them was this really wee fat pot-bellied guy who'd basically been covered in what looked like talcum powder because every time he got hit, there was a big big plume of smoke, and his skinny but tall mate, because all I can remember is, look how fuck, even as like, I don't know, 14 or something, being like, look how fucking skinny that guy is. He's an adult. He's a wrestler. Are you meant to be that skinny? I mean, I mean, skinny, like a jelly, like skinny. Uh, so th- those would be the ones that really struck out to me, but I remember seeing a poster of like, and they, it was like a Kane tribute there was like an uh, um, pack tribute there was an undertaker tribute a stone cold tribute a rock tribute like all on this one show so they were basically doing the wwf but with overweight 45 year old men
0: uh less undertaker more underweighter uh but i'll leave i'll leave you with jokes yeah uh so yeah, uh, so, yeah mine was my i liked it uh, i liked yeah. it that's fine. I should have let it breathe a little bit I was just nervous uh so yeah uh, yeah we might as well just have a fat guy with long hair who had a shirt on that was it that was that was mankind. so I'll we'll just batter into the questions then because uh, you're quite popular on the old social media uh whether Am I? whether you know it or not well I got quite a lot and then I, I asked Kelly for for a couple so she's got a couple of questions in there as well so
1: well, um i i I, I, I always kind of assume that i'm incredibly unpopular <laughs> so and that's nice to hear that's nice to hear
0: so well, i'll just go from i'll start with facebook because you know work my way out across um nice and simple one from from david colvin he's asked uh, why do you not say cunt anymore
1: oh uh, it's uh, pretty simply i think time, uh, two reasons uh i think time's kind of moved on a wee bit and if if anyone was actually paying attention i haven't said it for quite a few years it's like, if anyone, like, I'd kind of actually pulled back and a little bit a couple of years ago. But the main reason is we're on the WWE network. We're trying to do something a bit different and uh, trying to make wrestling accessible. And this will actually blow people's mind. I, I don't want to insult anyone's intelligence and we're an adult product and that type of thing. But sometimes wrestling commentators don't need to swear. If it's in the right moment, then yeah. But But then you hear some other, like, Wrestling commentators here in the UK that do stuff that really piss me off, and it's funny because I hear people throwing swear words around just willy nilly and like going, "We doing, we doing." It's like it's it's like you get British um, some wrestling commentators that will do like a twenty minute match, and ten minutes in they just kind of start taking the piss out of the wrestling and the show. I'm not looking at anybody, and I'm dying to name names, Billy, but I'm not gonna. Uh, and I just like go, you know. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> like, uh, when, when is the right time? But I think, personally, I think the C word on an actual broadcast, I don't think we need it. I don't think we need it. Use it at the right time. Use it at the right time. It has more power. Like a good finisher. <laughs> also, I, mean, I don't was, think, I don't, I don't know if Vince is a, is a fan. <laughs> of
0: that one. I mean, speaking of your commentary, I mean, my first ICW experience would have been the Vice documentary and then uh, Insane in the Membrane. Which cool. was on YouTube, yeah. Because uh, of course I didn't know my channel was a thing, and I had free view. So I don't think even even I had my channel. Um, so it was it was it's not just like oh it's something different because you're sweated and all that kind of stuff. But it was very clear listening to you, that it's the passion. That's why guys like Stryker, uh, Matt Stryker was so um, like lauded. That's why um, Maro Ronaldo was so uh, like heavily loved by by the wrestling community online. is because they could hear the passion coming through the voices and um sure they might not know all the boob's names but they're at least gonna be excited so you could be excited listening to them at but, the same time so thanks
1: man i'm I'm glad that 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 really is like a huge compliment i really i really appreciate you noticing that because that is at the end of the day you know whether uh uh you know working like heel commentary or or color or somewhere in between or play by play whatever uh i mean i which is kind of how i do things it's kind of like amalgamation of everything uh, at the end of the day I want people to be I mean I want people to be as excited as I am I mean again I, I don't want to have a go at other wrestling commentators because everyone's got their own style of way of doing things but see if like Tony Schiavone and Excalibur and Jim Ross and uh and Pat McAfee and Michael Cole they all are so passionate and excited like if the best in the business are doing it there's a fucking reason for it you know what I mean and and uh, has anybody ever watched tennis I don't really like tennis because I think but, and one of the things is like it's like it's like golf as well the commentaries it kind of matches the sport that you're watching but if you watch like formula one or something like that you want to be excited you want to be into it do you know what I mean and and that's that that's at the end of the day I, I consider what I do get to do in, in wrestling a privilege and I'm genuinely excited to be there and I want you to be as excited as me. Um, maybe I get a little too excited. That could be a, that could be a, that could be a, a genuine criticism, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm excited to be there and I want everyone to come on the journey with us. You're welcome. I want you to be as excited. I want you to turn up and go, well, well this is different, you know? And again, I'm not having to go at other British wrestling commentators. I'm really, really not, but, uh, um, don't replicate what other people do. Try and find your own voice. And for me, it's always about getting the passion right across and through it. Not fake passion. Like I can't like I'm I don't have a fucking poker face. Really, this is it. This is this is what it is. And I wish I did, because if I did, I'd probably be on Saturday nights and fucking night the Apollo and shit like that. But um, um I, I, I I don't think fake enthusiasm works. I'm genuinely excited to be there. And the day that I'm not would be the day that I'd I'd probably I'd hit the road do you know what I mean i I still love doing wrestling commentary and watching wrestling as much as probably when I when I first did it's always evolving it's exciting
0: you can hear it you can hear when cause, I mean again not naming names because this is this isn't that kind of podcast no. uh, where we're just shooting on folk oh uh, well, there, is, there is someone's with like Scotty Swift where we just go off the rails entirely uh but yeah we, we uh, yeah it it you you know when someone's to be disingenuous about it so it's it's don't know how but are just like you can see you're. Oh, you you do not mean this. You don't mean this yeah. at all.
1: Yeah, and and I get, I have to do plenty of things that I'm not excited about. <laughs> so um, I, you can you can trust me. I am excited to be there. Whenever I'm doing wrestling commentary, even when we had to do it during lockdown, you know, when we weren't there, it was it was a release. It's and that's what wrestling is at the end of the day, man. It's a release for us all. It's. Uh, you know, you get some people that like to watch horror movies, and some people that like, like to listen to music, and that's all. It is but for wrestling fans, hey, listen, it's our East it's our release. I, uh, um, uh, I, I, I still love it. I still love it. And uh, yeah, like you say, disingenuous folk, man, it just does my fucking nothing. If I, if you ever hear somebody saying, "Oh, I, I don't really hear from Billy Kirkwood much," there's probably a reason for it. So just watch out. Let's watch out.
0: No, uh, yeah, absolutely that. When you say it's the release, uh, I mean, obviously, I, I love my family and all that kind of stuff, but I know if I have a bad day, the gap I can guarantee will cheer me up is a little bit of wrestling. I'll watch, uh, I'll just go wrestling. on YouTube, I'll watch, uh, I'm a massive Jeff Hardy fan, so I'll watch some uh, Hardy Boys match, or i watch awesome. a particular favourite is, is Jeff and uh, Undertaker, uh ladder match in 2002. What match. Oh, that's one of my favourite matches I'll of pop all time. on
1: the return, actually, WrestleMania every now and then, just to go like, oh. Oh, that was just one of those where, that went right. Do you know what I mean? One of those mm-hmm. like, yes. Although then, you know, subsequently the run after it didn't go that well. But uh, uh, um, yeah, I I I find there will be wrestling that I'll watch all the time, but then I will just find myself doing the weirdest things. Like, I forgot Ronnie Garvin was the world heavyweight champion. What if that match is out there where he wins it? You know, just because it's a good time feel. Yeah, I still, I still love wrestling, particularly with AEW Dynamite just now, which is... Uh, AEW, which is like scratch, scratching a massive itch for me just now, like a type of wrestling that I love, to this controversial point. I sometimes, I've considered this, and I think w, I'm a WWE lifer, but did I like WCW better? I don't know, but it's a very, very deep question that I've considered, and it's AEW that's made me wonder it.
0: Um, So I'll just, again, Go in. We've got next one. Chris Daly. He's asked, uh, "What's your favourite moniker you've given to someone?" His is the Beast of Belfast. <laughs>
1: um, um, I don't really know. Um, it's a kind of different world because, like, uh, we're we're uh, we're a much more kind of structured product now in terms of like you know these you know these folk work backstage, and they don't want me just randomly naming names and all that. There used to be a period where there wasn't, like, a lot of input that we would get from the wrestlers, and we're trying to direct that in the right way. So, like, but I I get to work with the wrestlers, so um, I don't, like, throw them out willy-nilly. Sometimes they're improvised. Sometimes it'll be, like, something that's come out. Um, The Beast of Belfast was kind of it for me, and I hold it a very special place in my heart for that one. So I've got to kind of say... It probably is the Beast of Belfast. But then there's been other ones like Stevie Boy, the New Age Pharaoh of Filth, um, which was an amalgamation of um, because of the symbol of the filthy generation, for example, and he'd been a member of the New Age clique and It was kind of bringing it all together, like he was this. There is a ridiculous amount of thought that goes into them sometimes. <laughs> like, we well, you know he's at the top of because uh, sometimes the pharaohs were new to be nepotistic and violent and, and horrible to anyone that's below them, but they had their like a ridiculous amount of thought that goes into these things. So, I'd probably say those are my two favorite. Ian Skinner, um, is another guy that's wrestling for us just now, and and uh, um, um the Thatcher's cabinet, Thatcher's cabinet, uh, which are a great tag team for ICW with him and Charlie Weiss, the saviour of, of Strinra. love shit like that. And Ian was trying to kind of find his place as a heel in that faction. And there was something about the way he came out kind of reminded me of Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. So I called him the British Psycho, not really thinking about it, is, uh, and he's kind of taken that. When I mean, he's got business cards, which is fucking amazing. But he also he said it helped him find the character a little bit. You know, he's not like. Uh, knuckle dragon he is that guy in the smart suit that could punch your face in if he wanted and is just mental so uh those those are a couple of my favorites uh i called the i call i used to call the kings of catch the young fox <laughs> for a while uh but that was because they wrestled the young bucks and they were always coming up i, I love it when we get stuff from wrestlers as well Like sometimes guys will come up with their own stuff, which is amazing. But I always say now, listen, run it past. I'll, I'll, you know, we can work on it. We can get it to where it needs to be if you want to work on it together. And that's happened a couple of times. Like guys have came with an idea and I've went, well, I don't know about it. Or they've went to management and they went, I'm kind of thinking of the idea, and they went, go and sit down with Billy for five minutes and then come back. So that's uh, it's a collaborative process, which is a long answer to saying the Beast of Belfast.
0: <laughs> uh, 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 hang on a second. I've heard Kelly come in, so I'm going to close the door so we can't hear her. No worries. Hopefully screen. there's no flooding. <laughs> it's not a very big office, so <laughs> that, was, that was easy. Oh, the,
1: my room here is tiny. Like this, this was like
0: the box room for years and just had shit in it. And now I had to move out the shit to put in my nerd shit behind me instead. Um, but anyway, right. So, yeah, um, speaking of nicknames, how many of uh, Vipers did you come up with? She, she had like
1: loads. Fucking uh, loads. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't even remember. Like, there was, um, there was a couple of ICW tours where I felt like I was coming up with stuff every fucking day. <laughs> like, but the chem is so amazing. That she would be like, oh, what about this? What about, you know? So again, it was it was kind of nice getting to know people. And that's always where these things had come from a little bit, you know, because like like Jason Reed, he like I think I was the first person to call him the staunch superstar, which was taking an element of, you know, what the gimmick is and that type of thing and giving it a legitimacy. He's got a nickname, you know, the it's kind of cool. Um, but Kim's must have been Lowe's man. They was the megaton Barbie is not mine that I'm aware of. I could be wrong because there's been a couple of people as well that have done t-shirts or they've quoted stuff back to me and i went, oh, yeah, yeah. And they went, it was you that said it. Was it? All right, brilliant. Uh, like, I, I just don't remember them particularly well, which, uh, um, but she had like uh, uh, the vixen of violence, the babe of brutality. Um, Victim of violence, I always liked. I'm a big fan of the, the alliteration which you will know from the Beast of Belfast. So there it goes. So my, it was a good few, man. But then all her moves, like she had like her, her senton, which we call Baldasaur. And, um, fuck man, I'm sure there was a Squirtle in there somewhere as well. She's a big Pokemon fan. But well, she's doing all right for herself. on. Monday, doing okay. Like, she's doing all right for herself. She's doing all right. Yeah.
0: I was just, um, I just
1: got used to Piper and Evan. <laughs> I, I know, just yeah. just used to Piper and Evan.
0: I'm, I'm the same. So if I'm if I speak about dewdrop, I have to go two drop. You know, Piper, never. You know, viper.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a frustrating thing actually. Well, do you know? I think Kim is um, just shooting for a second. I think just incredible, just a wonderful individual. More than anything, we're only ever get to interact in wrestling shows, but getting to know her a little bit, just think she's an inspiring story and body positivity and loads of other things, man. I just think it's incredible that she's done what she's done and and um yeah you know i'd love to see her back in, in icw someday hopefully in the right situation but again like she's got married she's got, she's got married i think that's brilliant think that's absolutely brilliant
0: and the last one from facebook is from derek through uh i hope i've said your last name right hi derek uh, he's put, what quote from a wrestling match do you still look back on and say, yep, I liked that? Uh, here you give an example. Uh, for me, it was when it was during a War Machine match, and they were up at the ramp throwing opponents like ragdolls, and you said, last time I saw someone get thrown about like that, it was on a United Airlines flight.
1: Ah, right, because I know Vince likes his topical references, so I think that was somebody getting thrown off or there was a fight in a plane or something, so that's probably what that's been. Um, I can't remember them. I like, I know that sounds like such a fucking cop-out. Um, There's been matches which I've called, and I've went, that was a good match. Do you know what I mean? But I don't... It's kind of changed. Like, I don't really go out there to kind of get, like, phrases in. If that makes any, you know, kind of like... I think that kind of takes you out of the moment a wee bit. So, I, I, oh, man, I, I couldn't be sure. Um, uh, I'm going to struggle to think of anything that really stands out. I remember describing... um. Describing Jack Jester's mind is like a howling orgy of nightmares. I like that. Um, I like yeah. that. Because <laughs> um, um, linguist- I quite like quite linguistic stuff. I just don't remember it very well. So I'm sad to say I don't really remember much. However... There were some moments from Fear and Loathing at the weekend, which I was quite happy about, which I think we kind of Jim Rossed it with. So I'm quite happy about some of that. So sorry, that's a shite answer to a very, like, but I I genuinely don't remember the lines. I genuinely don't remember them. Because they're not lines, they're just stuff I say. I wish, like, I don't sit with a pad. I wish I could, because I'd probably have, like, a big glossary of stuff now. But I don't, I just don't. Um,
0: So move over to Instagram is Olivia has put in Billy who was your main inspiration and that got you into stand-up comedy
1: oh wow uh, that's an easy answer that's Robin Williams um, you know it's uh, um, my, me and my family we're, were three very me and my brothers were three very different guys and my dad was a, you know who he was and my mom was who she was we're all very different moving in kind of different directions but the one thing that always bonded us was comedy and um, whether I was a big Vic and Bob guy like, back in the day, and, um uh but we'd always watch, like, Scotch and Ryan, Billy Connolly, I don't think my mum was too keen on Billy Connolly, I can't even mind it was my dad, I can't even mind. But, uh, uh, don't get me wrong, they're deaf, like, one my family, the, the long story short is, we would bond over comedy, and I remember being a Billy Connolly fan, but I remember we got, like, a video of Robin Williams live at the New York Met, and I remember going, oh, man, wouldn't it be amazing to do that one day? And then didn't do anything, for 15 years, why would I? Um, because you see when you're a wee guy from like Ayrshire or Irvine where I grew up, just a wee working class guy, you not, you're not meant to no you're not meant to go and do comedy or, or anything like that. you're meant to have 2.5 children, get a job in a factory. That's it. you're not meant to have any aspirations. You know what it's like, Billy, it's like, like you've got a podcast, you've went out there and created, you've done stuff off your own back, but there's a generation of people that would be like, "Oh no no, no. Well, other people go and do that. You don't, what you? What you doing? And I, I hate that. I hate that attitude. Like, who are you trying to be? What you? And I know that. I like, like, it's quite funny, actually, because there's a guy that I went to college with that every now and then will comment under a video going 20 years and still not funny. Like, we've never got on. We never got on. But it's quite funny because it's like, oh my God, I'm living rent-free in your head. I'm living rent-free in your head. And I like I went literally went to college with this guy for two years, maybe saw him twice a week. But somewhere there's like the green-eyed monster because I went and done stuff. Whether it's whether I'm successful or whether people like me or not, I've I don't equate that to anything. I assume everyone thinks I'm fucking shite. Um, but you get people like that that try and pull you back, and and I just felt like comedy kind of transcends that a little bit. So for me, it was like Robin Williams was my guy. I didn't realize that until later on um he had clearly had adhd easily distracted um but um he had such passion for what he did and such drive and um i very much missed very much missed but robin williams was my guy realistically when it comes to stand up he was my guy i mean you can see i've got like I uh, i don't have a robin williams one but you can see i've actually got some of my billy Connolly, uh, um chick murray Ricky Fulton, who's apparently a deck, but never mind, and uh, Ronnie Corbett. So uh, I got my uh, I got my idols around me. I've got Rob Robin Williams one up in the wall as well. So whenever I come in, I just come and look at the pictures.
0: Uh, that's the thing for me when when I've seen I've seen you live so many times now. I was just trying to count it in my head. Sorry, and, uh, no, it's, it's no, no. I, I liked you so much. I even start, I started dragging Kelly along to them, and she loves you as well. So I remember. I remember.
1: I think I did. Um, Inverness. I remember we did Inverness, and we got to meet up properly.
0: Yes, uh, after Inverness, that's when I showed you that we I been mean, wearing this for the first time. So I met you. Oh, that one. But I also saw the, the we try it when you did it. Uh, oh, it was called? Hootanies. Hootanies. Um, that uh, you did the compere at Elgin Town Hall, the biggest wooden room in the world. Uh, oh, that was fun.
1: That was a fun show. That was a jard
0: Christmas. I think you headlined that, that one. So
1: far to go, though. Oh my god, so far to go. Well, nice time. Nice time.
0: And, uh, of course, in the in the juicy cobbler in the smallest room with that dolphin, I think, was in there. Uh, uh, someone laughed like a dolphin. So, I don't remember yeah. that.
1: No. <laughs> oh, yes! Yes! Because there was a woman that I had to do. I remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so we, we, we've seen you about. Yes, pal. <laughs> At this point. Um, and, and, and... The money's We're, all
1: gone. I can't give you back, Billy. The money's gone. The money's gone. <laughs>
0: Well, what I try to tell people is like it's, it's like controlled. I don't know if you, if you're just absolutely pl- like playing like a fiddle here, but uh, it's like controlled erraticism. It's like you start a story and then like much like a Billy Connolly or Robin Williams, you kind of wander off
1: and you come oh, back oh, to yeah. it I mean, somehow. I, I would love like. <laughs> I do sit in envy of these guys. I've got a new five minute bet and it's all about one topic. I'm like, how, <laughs> like, how do you do that? Um, like, I think I, it's funny cause I'm, I've, I've, I'm writing a thing about when I went to Africa a few years ago in a gig. And this bit is like five minutes. It was originally like five minutes long. And then the first time I did it on stage, it was like two minutes. It's like fucking hell. I just, I, I found myself like, ah, I don't want to talk about that. Or I, I got distracted by other things. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's, um, Breaking kayfabe uh, for a sec, comedy kayfabe. If you go and see a comedian, chances are um, there's a there's a large portion of what he or she has said they have said before. Um, but kind of like pro wrestling, I do like you getting the impression that it's the first time I've ever said it. Which the way this the way I style things, like you say, kind of ducking out and being improvisational, and like not being scared to go off on a tangent because I know I can come back, which I think is what Billy does, and I think Robin Williams probably did, is having fun in the moment. Like, I want every gig to be that little bit different. So uh, um, that's what I do. So I'm not, I'm not working you like a if I like, genuinely will, but again, I'm not scared of it. Like, if I, I feel a connection with an audience, I will do that. Like, and that is a sign that I'm having a good time. Like, I've seen people come and go, oh man, I came to see the same show twice. And they've been like, oh man, I love that brand new show. And you're like, wasn't a brand new show? And then they broke down two of the things and it's like, all right, okay, r- all right. Admittedly, there was a lot of stuff you haven't heard before, which does equate to a new show, but I don't, I don't think of it that way, which is wild. But yeah, that, that's that's kind of how it is. I, I like uh, going off in tangents and having fun. Just having fun with it, you know? I'd say, if I was smart, I'd record every, every show. I'd probably have like fucking five Netflix specials or something just of content about wanking backhand or something i have no idea don't try it It doesn't work
0: speaking of that not of that but the word wanking uh you've ruined top loader forever when uh your your thing was changing the word dancing into wanking wanking. yeah they there are top loader content next year and i'm gonna be sitting there (laughs) listening to them going i'm just hearing wanking in the moonlight this is all i'm hearing now
1: do you know they did um they like i was over doing a gig in dubai and Top Loader were there, like, the following week, and I just, I still remember the annoyed look in the booking agent's face when he went, we've got Top Loader next week, and I went, Top Loader? What, are they are going to do their song? And he did not look happy, man. He did not look happy. Yeah. Name so me five Top Loader hits. Name me five, that's all. I'm not being this disrespectful, but.
0: Oh, I mean, they're getting paid well for Dancing in the Moonlight. It's the only song on Radio 2 most days. I
1: don't uh, get me started. Don't get me started.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. There must, be, there must be some songs when you're doing the, the breakfast show that you're singing. Yes. Again. <laughs> Is it Little Mix? I, li- I like me some Little Mix, but Jesus, Bower love Little Mix.
1: Hey, look, I don't pick the songs, and the number of times you need to actually break that down. I mean, I get a little bit of play sometimes, but it's, like, very little. Like, it's minimum what I've got to do. I mean, I'd, there's, hey, I've I've said my piece, I just think there's other things we could play on Breakfast Radio, that's it. I like Adele, I like Ed Sheeran, but let's play the upbeat stuff at 8 o'clock in the morning, that's all I'm going to say.
0: Uh, I've got very little experience, I did a, um, MFR did a student radio thing for yes. a year, I was on Monster FM, um, I did a wrestling show on it. Really? Uh, and also did an alphabet show, which I very really I realised very quickly. There's not many ones that start with X. <laughs> I had four weeks of it. I really had really str- I had X Factor um, nice. finalists as as one week, and I thought that's, that's clever.
1: That's clever. I would have never have thought of that. That's clever.
0: <laughs> but no, that that was that was terrible. I I I, I had three weeks of Queen. Brad oh, Queen's but, of the Stone Age. Eh,
1: ra- 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 Radio is what it is. Uh, we get to play loads of tunes that I like. But, you know, as um, when you're doing things in real time and you're doing a load of different things, um, half of them, I'm afraid to say, kind of just fade into the back, they just fade into the background. So, you know, it, it doesn't actually be a much issue for me, unless I unless I personally take a dislike to a song. I'm not great at hiding that. I don't no, even a dislike, like, Ed Sheeran did a song called Bad Habits, and I'm kind of like, what's your bad habits, Ed? What's your bad habits? A 30 year old multi millionaire with 300 million? What's your bad habits, Ed? You know, I just I don't know. I don't know. Although I was not a fan of Goldweeker.
0: Uh so we've got Michael as well. Uh he, he he took he took your your Instagram and your, your tweet to heart. He's put uh, if you if you're stuck in the outback, you can only have one album, a machete and one bushwhacker. What's your pick? Also, is your bushwhacker the same pick if he was just a simple sheep herder?
1: Well, well, that's Michael showing a little bit of his knowledge there because they were called the sheep herders, weren't they? So uh, who's my favourite? It's Butch. I know Luke had the longer career, but first of all, Butch is my favourite bushwhacker. Everyone's got their favourite. If you have to, probably Shag Butch. But he's also my favourite of the two. So, um, so his question is if I have to take an album. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to okay. guess it's not Ed Sheeran that had Bad Habit on it.
1: Probably not. Probably not. Uh, God, an album that I could just listen to every day. Do you know my my favorite band in the world is actually the Bare Naked Ladies. If I'm, oh, if I'm nice. honest, I love the Bare Naked Ladies. Um, but I have a very a cli- i have a very very I, I I just like songs. I don't particularly care for like following artists uh, more than anything. Like I'm literally i have literally if I just if I just very quickly open my Spotify here. Um, God, like, I don't know why everyone doesn't have a Spotify account, I just think they're the greatest things on earth. Um, Like, I mean, God, there's every type of artist in the world. Colin Fry, Punk Rock Factory, they're amazing, they do covers uh, of stuff. Uh, then we'll get into um, Rob Duggan, uh, Lemonheads, I, I listen to bloody everything, Billy, I, like, I'm an absolute fucking nightmare. Um. Um, I've always got a playlist for pretty much everything. Um, oh, there's a bit of fuzzy there. Poppy, she's not too bad. Um, Sigur Ros. God Almighty. Uh, Leah um, who's a, a Portuguese guy. The Atomic Fireballs. Um, a bit everything really. So I don't, I, d- I don't know if there's an album I would, I would take. Do you know what? I'm gonna say Bernanke Ladies, Born in a Pirate Ship, because it was the first Bernanke Ladies album I ever bought. That's
0: a good one. I, I, when I saw that question, my, my first thought was like maybe a Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack or something because that just has a, bad a little, little bit of everything. Do you uh, know? When it comes to- yeah,
1: you've answered that question much better than me because <laughs> I, I, I would like something that was a bit upbeat and a, something that was a bit all over the place. So uh, yeah, but I don't know, man. Like maybe a Dead Posey album. I quite like Dead Posey. They've done very well. Um, fuck no, I'm, I'm going to stick with the very good ladies. That's the hell, I'm going to die on. I, people are probably expecting me to say stuff like hailstrom or like Ramstein, which again would be quite good. But I don't necessarily know if being stuck on an island listening to Ramstein would be good for your good for your mental health after a while. Do you know what I mean? You're gonna when that boat pulls up to pick you up, you're gonna be in a much worse state. So yeah.
0: I mean, I don't want to, to pick holes in this, but I mean, of course, I don't I don't know if, if I Had A Million Dollars was was on that particular album. It was. But if you're sitting it pretty there, much
1: would stick it on every album because yeah, it's like clearly cool. the most popular song.
0: If you're sitting on an island with a machete and one bushwhacker and you're just hearing If I Had A Million Dollars, I mean, I don't think Butch would last too much longer because you'd be like, God, I wish I had A Million Dollars. I'd be, I'd be yeah. rich. Give me some Busky Dijon scenario, mustard.
1: I'll just eat Butch and uh, turn these bones into our life raft and go off there no one need ever know no one need ever know that's my plan it'll it only
0: come up when there's conventions around and there phone and luke going have, have you seen butch uh, no no idea
1: you know luke could take the book on his own i don't think luke's a good guy like that i think he'd happily take the book on his own
0: um so twitter more twitter. on twitter i've got loads here um brawbeard course you do a podcast uh, the broadcast. uh if you're a wrestler what would your name be and what would your entrance music be
1: fuck right this is a hard one because like I, I again it comes down to Spotify. the number of tracks i'd listen to and go oh this is a fucking entrance tune does a- would this be my debut music <laughs> like would this be what like, hits is this the music like like how would my how would my debut go um so uh uh what would my wrestler music be fuck i don't know um It's actually a tune that I keep listening to just here. Um, Where the fuck are you? Where the fuck are you? Um, I just saw it there a second ago. Um, Right, so in terms of my wrestler gimmick, um, I have no, nor have ever really had any interest in being a wrestler. So I find that really hard to even think about. Like, what would my gimmick be? Like, at one point, I I can say this here. But um, about a year and a half ago, two or two years ago, before everything shut down, I was actually planning on uh, running my own wrestling show um, for a company that was going to be called Big Fun Wrestling at the time, and the idea was going to be it was kind of like the um, mid uh, what the bloody was it called mid South Championship Wrestling, you know the the parody stuff they did in the WWE network. Uh, Safe, Paul, I knew I was going to get it wrong. And my idea was, like, so the British equivalent of that, but imagine, like, so it was from the 90s, it was like a lost video cassette, like, you'd found um, from somewhere in the 90s, an alternative universe, if you like, but it was very going to be stylized in a certain way. And we were going to have, like, like, I was gutted. I had a venue booked. I had, like, I'd already reached out to wrestlers, do you know what I mean? We had gimmicks, we were going to have, we were going to do it during the Glasgow Comedy Festival of 2020. And it was going to be, uh, um, it was even going to be the Glasgow Comedy Festival Cup, which was a tag team cup. There was no championships, there so cups. And, uh, and it was wild and out there gimmicks. Like we were going to have the pacifist accountants who were two extremely skinny trainees. <laughs> and I still can remember the promo of them coming out going, there's been a terrible mistake were not wrestlers, but they were in this tournament somehow. Uh, we were going to have the Dandies, who were going to be two giant flowery wigs and a workhouse boy. Uh, they were going to have at ringside who would hulk up when they had snuff. Uh, the, Disco Viking, who, um, um, the Disco Viking, who was... Oh, well, I can't say who was going to portray it, but um, we had quite a big name that was set up to play the Disco Viking, so I'm quite gutted about that. He was a time-travelling Viking with Dr. Bastard, who was just an evil doctor and they were all going to be in these odd couple tag teams. And so I think that's where my kind of interest would be. If I'd ever been a wrestler, I think I probably would have been a tag team guy, maybe hardcore, maybe it would have been been something like the nasty boys or public enemy. I think having someone there to have fun with, I think would have been my, uh, my whole thing. So I'm afraid, um, that if it was in terms of entrance music, um, I'd probably use um something like I don't know, Blow or something, which is like a collaboration track between believe it or not, Ed Sheeran and someone else, which is quite and it's quite cool. Um and in terms of wrestling gimmick, fuck man, I don't know. Um bastard ink, so, <laughs> which is called Bastard Inc., Mad Bastard Jackson and Mad Bastard, something like that. So it'd be, I don't know. But if I could be any type of wrestler. Fuck, man. Who wouldn't want to be a cowboy? Who wouldn't even be a cowboy? Particularly now. Stanley oh, yeah. Larry at Hanson, mate. Or uh, I would love to see Mike Foley, but I'm too much of a pussy.
0: Well, I say we were speaking in the, fir- in the first part about, like, everyone wants to hold a belt. If you see a wrestling belt, cowboy hats, exact same. If you see a cowboy hat, you're putting that cowboy hat
1: on. <laughs> a bad boy. In fact, I did a gig in Aberdeen not that long ago and there was a boy on from Tennessee who had a cowboy hat on. And I did say, dude, I'm like, I I know this is probably like sacrilege, but can I have a go in your hat? (laughs) Can I have a go? And he was like, yeah, cool. Believe it or not, no one's asked. And it's like, everyone's a fool. (laughs) I'm having a go of your fucking hat. And I realized what a prick I look in a hat with my stupid long scraggly hair coming down and my messy beard. So uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It would be something like that. I'm afraid people have probably thought like I put tons of thought into it, but I, God, who, who wouldn't want to debut and challenge John Moxley? I'd love to have debuted as like a heel or an asshole heel manager or, or something along those lines, like a like a, a, a aggressive version of Paul Paulie Dangerously or something like that. I think in terms of what my interest would have been in that kind of respect, it would have been at the other end of what I do, because it's funny because people say like, what type of heel would you like to be if you were a heel commentator again? And they'd be like, well, Pat McAfee's kind of stolen my gimmick, like just an asshole. But he's funny, he's engaging, he's passionate about what he does. But if you're going to be like like a heel manager or something, you want people to fucking hate you and anyone, so you can't make them laugh. You can't make them such and such a. You know, and I'm, ah, there's just no real interest. I'm afraid. So there it is.
0: Yeah, exact exact same. I mean, every so often I'll have the, the thought in my head is like, I want to do an elbow drop. That'll be it. I'll do, if I do an elbow drop, I'll be quite happy. I'll retire from there. But Beyond
1: pissing but... about, like, a one-off piss about or something, like, a, like an after, a, a, like, like a dark thing or something, you know, like, I I really couldn't ever see it. I'm, I'm, I've been asked to be involved in, in sort of angles a couple of times, and I've always really shied away from it because it's like, ah, I just think I'm in the right place. I just think I'm in the right place. And trust me, there's not very many people in the wrestling industry who are non-wrestlers that would have the same attitude. Yeah, um, I've called yous out. Let
0: well, speak, the wrestlers do it. Speaking of, of uh, like creativity and all that, and what I you would you like want to be, to be in the square go though? <laughs> Why not?
1: I mean, i want that's to do the, the Jerry the King dollar spot. Oh, no, that, yeah, no, no, that, that would be my one dream. So, here's the idea, Billy, right? Bing, 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 pff, Billy Kirkwood, right? So, I uh, oh, yes, here we go. This is happening. I climb in the ropes. Every wrestler that's in the ring stops and basically goes, what the fuck are you doing? Get the fucking hell out of here. Quite right. I don't know what I was thinking about. Uh, over the top rope, not through the middle. Like I'm still trying to sneakily stay in it. It's like, oh yeah, of course, of course. And that's it. That'd be me. I'd be done. That'd be me. I'd be done. i take a bump for someone. Fuck it.
0: I mean, yeah, it's, it's like like you say, you don't want to do it. For, you don't want to do it. But I mean, if you get, if you got asked to do it once, you'd be like, oh,
1: okay, I'll just oh, just do it once. If, if you, when you want to do a square goal, I remember, bless it. I think Joe Coffee said, like, I'd do something for you, and it was like, no, <laughs> like like I, I don't know what a bump would be, <laughs> like what that, that that's part of the problem. Joe, what could I do? Like, what could I do that would justify anything? Like you even remotely budging because. We're, we're, we're telling stories here, and I don't know. I just think, I think I actually, my own respect for what wrestlers do is, would actually be what kind of fuck it up. So they've got like a punch and somebody go, I'm really sorry. It's like, Billy, we didn't.
0: And, and speaking of that, when you saw Simon Cassidy do his stunner, was that the moment where you looked and went, No, that's okay. I'm happy behind this desk here.
1: Oh, no, I've been happy behind that I like these stunner. I like these stunner. I mean, pff, I don't like the idea of having to do one or take it. Uh, i'd say that i did take a stunner i have taken a stunner from uh, uh bobby roberts who i can never remember it was some some pre-show we were doing in edinburgh or something and just for a laugh he was doing his stone cold bobby roberts gimmick and everyone was in the ring and they, for, everyone just started coming in the ring and he just stunned everyone <laughs> and we just had fun with it man it was like yeah i love that shit but uh yeah, the, the thing is, I like fun in wrestling, so and nothing serious, but it's um, the right thing. So I, I like what Simon Cassidy did, but see, dropping on your arse like that, that looks no fun. That looks nay fun. Fuck, I didn't get a bad back. I'm old now. You know what I mean? Older. I don't want to drop my arsehole and then there I am next day. Oh, broke my arsehole. Maybe having sympathy for me. I don't need it.
0: Uh, speaking of having fun, uh, Pro 2 Wrestling, I've, I've got in touch because you are Pro 2. I am. Um why so serious commissioner and pro two? What's your hopes for the division and future plans?
1: Um, well, um, what's a what's a good way of putting this? Hopes for the division. I, I would like to see some new names that we've never seen before, some new interactions, some new matches coming together. Um, I want to see people really showing personality in this division and finding unique ways to tell their story in the ring. I mean, we're going to do a tournament to start it up, which is going to be very, very exciting. I've seen, uh, obviously, I've overseen the names that are coming in. And we're very excited about some of these combinations together. What will be the future of the Y's So Serious title? Um, well, we're looking for bona fide athletes that are going to put on memorable displays. But I would love it if uh, we can open up the division of having these guys involved in maybe gimmick matches that have never been seen before. And by that, I mean really, truly unique things. So uh, as we're built, memorable, let's put it this way, I want the Why So Serious to be the most memorable match of the night. And by doing that, we're bringing in some high-caliber athletes that I know can go, some of them big names, some of them not. So I think we're pro two. Uh, we're built the um, big Logan is building something from the ground up. I'm excited to be involved and uh, and uh, working very hard and uh, bringing fun to pro wrestling. Not everything needs to be gritty and dark and mysterious. Let's have some fun.
0: Absolutely. Um, did you see uh, Jeff Hardy's uh, suggestion of an upward spiral match? Speaking of of unique matches.
1: I did not. Was that on the Stone Cold thing?
0: Um, I don't. I, well, I'm just started watching the Stone Cold thing, but this was come put on like you know, cult holic or something like that. And the okay. idea was was uh, you start the match, and then every three minutes or something, the ring spe- spins, starts spinning, and then five minutes later, it's, it speeds up, and then it just keeps speeding up as you're as you're wrestling in it. I like that. Um, so I don't know how they'd ever do it.
1: But... I mean, I don't think it's practical. Uh, I mean, it's like. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's practical at all. <laughs> but uh um I like the idea about adding an element to like the 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 ring slowly rotating. I don't know if I want like that. Unless that's like the go-to, like there's a countdown, you know, or, like the 10 minute mark starts going like the wall of death or some shit. But uh no, I like ideas like that and th- that's hopefully something we can bring. Like I remember uh, uh, Chris Renfrey years ago suggesting the um uh, the a life match which was like a, a death match, but it was with loads of comfy stuff, <laughs> like people hitting each other with beanbags and, uh, you know, a duvet strapped to a, uh, which sounds very odd. And, ca- and I know that there's going to be some people going, it's sacrilege, that's fucking sacrilege to talk about wrestling in those towns. But I come from the, sh- I love, like, the so Shakara and some of the fun and ridiculous and over-the-top things they did there. And I like elements of that coming into wrestling hey, look, man, we're we're telling stories here and we're having some fun. And I would love to see more unique ideas. More unique ideas. I think wrestling's gimmick matches especially have kind of stagnated a little bit. Let's have a haggis on a pole match. You know, a haggis on a pole, both guys are dressed like Robbie Burns. Let's fucking go for it. Let's, let's get our identities. Let's have ourselves some fun. Which I know some people will be losing their fucking mind and going, who is this comedian dickhead coming up with these ideas? But I ain't talking about doing it in fucking WrestleMania. I've just, one of the things that is just, I've always really gravitated to is color within wrestling and people showing the personalities. I love a story. I love a story more than anything else. Um, and, and that's not a criticism on some of our pure athletes, but, even AJ Styles. If you go back and watch AJ Styles and TNA, you will go, my God, he is amazing. What an athlete in his early years. But then he learned how to tell a story and went to a completely new level. And that's what I kind of like in pro wrestling and having a bit of fun. Having a bit of fun. Everyone, there was a bit there in NXT where everyone was like, boots and tights. Ah, get your teeth. Watch your jaw. Ah, Like everyone was kind of the same. And... Fuck me, it got boring. Finn Balor became a hell of a lot more interesting when he started being the demon and when he started being the rock and roller. That's all I'm going to say. What an athlete, but trust me, you would go out your... He would fill the Tokyo Dome when he became the rock and roller and leader of Billet Club, which I've never heard of and I assumed he ripped off Belly Club. We'll
0: leave that for another time, Billy. Do you know? What I mean? um, but no. But, uh, post, again, I'm, I'm the person to speak to about this because one of my favourite gimmicks uh, around is in WTL, and uh, when they come to Elgin once a year, they've got a guy called the Bulgarian Baker, Brosadier, uh, no, Branimir Bro, uh, Bozidar, and uh, it's a guy in a mask uh, dressed as a chef or dressed as a, a baker, and <laughs> he comes out with a stale bit of bread. Sold. Love it. That's Love all. It. He does.
1: Love stuff like that. Yeah. Do you know? Was, we were talking to, I was talking to Dallas backstage at uh, Fear and Loathing. And he'd forgotten about this gimmick idea and, yeah, and we wanted jimmy's superfly snooker so what it was is a guy in a waistcoat dress like a snooker player coming out to the big 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 break theme <laughs> and he would uh he would come out and put 20p on the on the ring apron and go i'll wrestle the winner and i was obsessed with this man i thought this was the greatest thing and uh i i, I like a little bit of fun You need. You need little bits like that to release for the color. And I just, hey, look, we're, we're just having fun. Those moments make Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar mean so much more. Those moments make Hangman Page. I mean, you think about it. Hangman Page winning, beating Kenny Omega two years ago, wouldn't have really meant anything. It would have been like, oh, this is good. But now two years later, what a fucking, it's the hot, it was the hottest thing in wrestling. Do you know what I mean? And I just, uh, I, I like about color, and I love the Dark Order, for what it's worth. I fucking love the Dark Order. Orange Cassidy, I can take or leave, but I like them.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. It. I mean, you go, you go to, you go to a circus. You, you can see the the trapeze artists, and you're like, oh, they're really good. And then, then our two guys come out and do trapeze again. You're going, all right, okay. And our <laughs> two guys do the same thing. You're like, oh no, I've seen this already. Go give me, give me the clown pretty much
1: pretty much and i and i can understand why they change things on nxt 2.0 like I, I i i get it i mean i quite liked nxt the way it was but i get what they're trying now although i'm not going to get into specifics with wwe because it's like eh, you know what the fuck do they care what i think but uh you're right it's exactly the same thing it's like you need something about imagine you just watched action movies and nothing else you would not give a fuck, but you'll watch, I don't know, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, laugh your head off and then go back to it. You just need that release. And then It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia becomes your favorite fucking thing in the world. You know, but you still love, you still love John Wick. You still love that. I mean, you're going to go to the cinema to see John Wick, right? But you can watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia on your fucking phone. You can watch it in your house. You know, it's just uh, you, you need that little bit of release. I never thought I'd be basically given an advertisement for Netflix part of pro wrestling but there is, there is. there it
0: is well uh, just to spin off for a second that you also uh, had a series of stand-up shows uh, by bad movies uh was it bad right? movies with good comedians as that was yeah, called so what was the worst movie that you, you came across during that oh,
1: fuck, man there's so many well what i can tell you is this that there, are, there is big plans for watch bad movies great comedians in 2022 there's going to be some live shows there's going to be an a podcast and uh, we're going to be going abroad. And there might even be some telly stuff, which is very exciting. Um, it's one of my favorite shows to do. But the worst film I ever did. You see, the thing is, like, we did a couple of films that I quite liked, but I realized that they're bad movies. Like, they're not great. Like, one of my favorite movies ever is Phantasm II, but I know it's not good. You know what I mean? But I, I love it because of what it is. You know, it's like sometimes I'm like that with wrestling. It's like, oh, don't take things so seriously. You know, like you're never gonna fucking. Like, is there anyone out there going, I stand the? I couldn't stand the natural disasters. They were, uh, I mean, they were the greatest of workers. It's like, fuck off. Did you ever see a natural disasters match? You didn't enjoy? No, shut up. You know. Um, so, uh, um, in terms of uh, um, the worst movie I ever saw, the worst movie we ever did, man, was probably Super Mario Brothers because. Like, I remember it being a bit of genius when I was a kid. But as an adult, there's like a half hour where fucking nothing happens. There's all this action and nothing happens. Like, there's nothing. Nothing. And you see when you're trying to make fun of nothing? Sucks. So there's that. There's Troll 2, which is a sequel to Troll 1. The way you need to know about Troll 2 is there's no connection to Troll 1 and doesn't have any trolls in it. So that's a big problem. Uh, Goblins! Goblins! Neutrals. Neutrals. And it was directed by an Italian filmmaker who couldn't speak English. So, the, so he wrote the script in Italian. It was translated into English. He's directing English-speaking uh, actors, but he has no idea what they're saying. Like, he can't go and inflate. It's shite. But, um, so that's probably up there. That's probably up there. But, it's got rid of a cult following because it knows what it is. It knows what it is.
0: That sounds like a, a meta community style joke. That yeah, uh,
1: pretty much, man. Yeah. Pretty much. I think it's they did funny. actually.
0: They had a uh, had a guy. It was wasn't there an episode where it was a guy that uh, they were watching the whatever? Ita- I, I want to say Italian just because you mentioned Italian, but a remake Portuguese. It's a Portuguese remake of Gremlins. Ah, oh, uh, they, they only see uh, Gremlins once, and it was it was it just it was, yeah, it was it was awful. Do you know? Uh, I, th-
1: I think there's a Turkish remake of Rambo, which is also terrible. It's, like, fucking just awful, man. Like, these bits of admin in it, like, it's just it's just awful, just awful. Bits of marching, there's a lot of marching. But they decided to keep that in the film. It's like, look, we're, this is them marching along a field, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? So, uh, uh, yeah, that those would be my takes. Turkish Rambo, I forget what it's called. Rampage, it's called Rampage. Yeah, ah, close enough. That <laughs> it's on YouTube, it's on YouTube. Enjoy.
0: We've got Westy here. Uh, what's your thoughts on the newest wrestlers just breaking out in the wrestling scene? And is there a particular new wrestler who stands out for you personally?
1: Wow. Right. Got so many. Um, do you know it was, um, I think it was uh, maybe August, maybe not August, but uh, we got a chance that we were in the same room because we, with ICW we'd been recording um, me and Jamie had been doing commentary remotely, so we weren 't in the building when we were doing the shows and I remember that we were back in the building for the first time, and Dallas had asked me to say something to the wrestlers about what we 'd be looking for and it ended up being a little bit of a motivational speech because the cool thing is is I got to say to them guys've i 've I've got to watch these for the last six months and i 've got to become fans because there was a lot of these guys I had never seen you know um that 'd become real fans of and uh, uh, and I and I really hope they took that to heart because I I am um, um, um i generally really excited about a lot of the young talents we're producing in Scotland, even the likes sort of Progress and what have you. They're doing very well. Um, so I'll give you a, like a little scatter shot of some of the guys that I think are rocking it just now, whether it's in Scottish wrestling or whether it's elsewhere. Is that, i, I do not Not sure if that's what Westy's asking. If she's asking about ICW, I've got loads, and it's hard for me to have my picks, but here's some the of them. Ian Skinner, I think is fantastic. The British Psycho. Saviourist friend Charles Charles Weiss. Thatcher Wright is doing an incredible job as well. Uh, I know that he put in a question and all that type of thing, but whatever. Put the boy over, I think he's fantastic. Um, Kez Evans is, has been doing an amazing job in ICW. for two the PWI 500.
0: Years. What's that? Using the PWI five hundred as he should be.
1: He is doing Keza is something different, and that is what I think is brilliant. He is doing something different. He's an asshole. He's an antagonist. He he kind of reminds me. He's got like that kind of Tully Blanchard thing going about him, and Tully was never really a face or anything. He's just. There's just something about him, and I, I i think he's doing an incredible job. Dylan Thorne, all the guys in the manifesto in ICW, Dylan Thorne is, trust me, you guys are going to remember the name Dylan Thorne. He is going to be a big deal in pro wrestling. Daz Black, our, uh, our Zero G champion, doing an incredible job. Uh, Craig Anthony, sorry, but he's not with us just now. He's uh, he's away. Um, so that's kind of, and then the, the women, though, we've got, we've got uh, Rosie Knight. We've got Rosie Knight. Uh, Moxie Malone, she does a great job as well. Um, I've got to say, big shout out to the She-Wolves. Uh, for Casey's all the mother of chaos, Mama, Mama Mayhem, whoever she wants to call herself, Mama Mayhem's a new one. I'm trying to creep in. I don't know if she's going to go for it. Oh, there's one. You said names, Mother of Chaos. That's one of mine. That's one of mine. Um, but it was because Game of Thrones, and it was like. But I love it when someone goes, "Oh, that's mine!" Like I can come up with words. But they can understand the meaning on a level like I never would. They go, that's mine, and it's in there, and then it becomes all part. So that's one. Uh, then you got Molly Spartan as well, who again, I think is going to be a big deal. Um, I've known Molly for a long time, and I've always been a fan of her, I've always been in her corner. And I think she's doing an incredible job as well. Uh, Anesthesia. We've got to mention Leighton Buzzard as well, who is another one who's just a talented little fucker. This guy could have been selling out Broadway, but he decided, no, no, I'll I'll go into pro wrestling, see what it's like. And now he's like main event, and he's one of the fucking best we've ever produced. Sickening. Sickening, man. Um, Outside of there, um, I want to give a shout out to a couple of guys that are up and coming that are uh, graduates of Joe Hendry. Um, there is uh, Dean Mack, who um, is just, I think he's going to start doing some stuff for Discovery. Man, I, I like what this boy's selling, I like what he's doing, and he's doing great. I, like, I'm excited to see what he does, and that's purely as a wrestling fan. I don't work for Discovery, uh, I, don't, I don't work for Joe Hendry or anything like that. It's like, I, I think Dean's going to be the Supreme. There's another guy that uh, um, is, is needing to get more of the ring miles. You know, I, I, I someone that was kind of created, if you like, going into lockdown. So when these guys start getting, you know, the 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 canvas under their boots, big things. I'm excited about what they're going to do. Um, and Jason Reed as well. He's another one of our boys that I think is going to be a future world champion. I genuinely think that. I think he's um, incredible. I think he's going to be a, a big deal for us. So, and outside of there, do you know, I, th- I love what Joe Gacy's doing on, uh, on uh, NXT. Uh, I, I really like it because it's different. Um and, and uh, pfft, I do you know I could literally rattle off just all the young wrestlers that someone joined just now. But those those are the ones in Scotland that I'm a big fan of right now.
0: Um just just because everyone everyone will expect me to get wrestlers own reference in somewhere uh, an episode. Um Caleb Valhalla, he's just he's oh. he's one of my guys, just like yes.
1: Yes. Caleb's <laughs> yeah. only worked uh, one show for us, very yeah. impressive. Uh, I think again there's going to be big things um, I mean I know he's worked very closely with Andy Wilde and what have you as well um, yeah uh, the fucking you see that boy coming out and you go look at this handsome motherfucker and the way he moves for a boy of his size uh, it's frightening so uh, yeah I think Caleb's a, a really talented young man and again it would be another one of these another one of these I want to see more of him do you know what I mean it's regardless of me calling wrestling commentaries, like I want to see more I want to see more so Caleb's another. He's a good boy. He's a good lad. Good boy. Good boy. I don't fucking if I could say that. It makes it sound. Uh, no, he really is a, a a big rock of a lad, and I'm looking forward to seeing more from him. Absolutely. Um, so we've got Colin
0: Bruce. He's asked, uh, "Best match you've ever done commentary on?"
1: that's yeah, like asking to pick between my kids. I don't. I don't <laughs> have one. I don't have one. I mean, I've got a favourite kid, of course. Um, but uh, um, I, I've got favourites. But then, then we'll do a show, and that match becomes a favorite. So it's hard to tell. Like, yeah, I wish I had ones. Like, I don't. Um, I should have more of an ego that I go, "Oh fucking Easter, that was fucking incredible." But I just assume everything. I I'm assuming like a comedy and everything. I just assume I'm shit. So uh, I can only say the ones that I enjoy. Um, so I would say um some of my favorites. Um. Uh, Grado versus Chris Renfrew of the battle, uh, Battlelands, um, Team ICW versus the Black Label the Hydro Queens of Insanity that's a personal favorite, and got a couple from the last weekend to be honest. Uh, um, the Manifesto, Um, they were in a multi man tag, a uh, four man tag match, that one was great and ooh, would be another there's another one from that weekend which I really enjoyed um I've thrown a blank is that not terrible but those those are some of my favorites those are some of my favorites
0: and uh, your dream fear and loathing card I know that that's quite a loaded question so <sighs> we'll go if you want to what who would you like to see come from like you know how icW usually bring in an imported talent uh, or, or someone from a, a big name um, a couple of that you would really like to see in ICW?
1: Oh, um, do you know where um, that hard. that's hard, that's um, so hard. They can come from anywhere. I mean, it's, it didn't get to happen, but I would have loved to have seen the elite in ICW doing a, like a run, like a, a six month run. Like, I th- I think I would have loved to have seen like, uh, the Bucks versus the the Kings of catch or the Bucks versus the uh, Polo Promotions, you know, uh, or or Kenny Omega trading, the uh, like. I, I remember I, I I in my head I would booked it. Me and Jamie, Kennedy, talk booked, like we're nerds, man. Like in the car, if you could, there's a podcast in the car, to and from like gigs. We just uh, we'll just back it on. But I remember I wanted like Kenny Omega to come in and do a show, like, I or, or Kenny Omega and the Elite come in and do a show at ICW, and it'd be the usual, like, oh, you know, Kenny Omega's gonna wrestle for the Zero G title, and the Bucks would wrestle whoever in a non-title, but then, Kenny Omega being like, you know, this was a showcase match, it was adding to the legacy, but, I, I want to be the Zero G champion of ICW. I, I, I thought I, I, this was fun, but, halfway through the match, things turned, and I want your title, so, Kenny comes in, wins the title, and then gets a big rematch of Fear and Loathing. So that'd be one of my matches. And I I would have loved to have seen Polo Promotions taking on maybe the Bucks in a heated or a multi-man tag match or something. That that would have been kind of good. So I would have loved to have seen the Elite coming in. Uh, And then Adam Cole versus fucking hell. Like, put Adam Cole in there with BT Gunn. Put Adam Cole in there with Kez Evans. Uh, Man, there's so much you could do from that. If I could have anyone from WWE... Oh, I'd love to see Shinsuke Nakamura in a, in a WWE ring. I think that would be... I think that would... Be, sorry, in an ICW ring. I think that would be incredible. Or a, a, or um, Kevin Steen. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Kevin Steen taking on. Who would have Kevin against? God, there's so many. Kevin Steen versus Jack Jester would be an interesting match. Um, so those would probably be my top picks right now. Actually, no. Yeah. We'll see that. We'll see that. I've, I, I, God, I could, I could do this night and day, man. This is like a podcast on its own. Do you know? I'd bring in just half the roster. Uh, I have the the rosters of AEW and WWE and even TNA. The, TNA have got some amazing stuff. And no, I'd love to see the. Uh, um, well, they're not called the Iconics anymore. In, the uh, Inspiration versus yeah. This is the She Wolves. Big fan. Big fan of it. Like, I I fucking, if you want to talk about WWE shitting and stuff, breaking those guys up and then letting them go, what a fucking load of crap. Like, honest to God, I thought they are amazing. Peyton and Billy or you know, as they are no longer. But I thought, man, that was money. See, if you ever want to know how good they were, watch their vines and how good they were backstage. Just fucking squawky Australian birds. Man, just fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant.
0: Uh, I mean, wrestling isn't so much like, like, same with the Iconics I mean, in the ring, probably not the best, but they had the personality, they had a story, they could uh, interact with people, they could do, they could do everything that you want for a crowd.
1: Hey, hey, man, the Freebirds weren't the best wrestlers in the world, but by fuck, they got heat, and you get, and their matches were always exciting and entertaining. Do you know what I mean? That is, um, some sometimes you don't need to do. A shooting star press to pop the crowd. Sometimes some people can do it with a fucking punch. So, you know, I think that's, that's what we needed.
0: So, I believe Randy Orton's the best wrestler in the world right now because he can do literally nothing and make the best match possible.
1: <laughs> uh, right. Well, I, I, I agree with you. And I think time is going to be very kind to Randy Orton. Do you know what I mean? Like, people are going to be Randy Orton's right. I, I know he's persona non gratis, Randy Orton's right flair. Has no one got that? Like, he has been at the top of his game for 15 fucking years and has never stumbled. If he won the world title tomorrow, if Randy Orton beat Roman Reigns, nobody would bat an eye. Nobody would bat an eye. So, uh, um, and he's funny, man. One of the things, if you actually get a chance, like, you see, if you see Randy Orton outside of WWE, and I know that he probably, there was a time where he had, like, a rep as being a prick, but whether that's true or not, I mean, the thing is, yeah, the rep has been a prick. You know he was a bad guy at the time, so it was almost as if they were just trying to get heat. But uh, a little one for the anyone watching video there. Um, but, uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I think Randy Orton's incredible. He'd be Imagine Randy Orton walking horns with some of our big names. That would be, wow, oh, fucking Randy Orton versus Gredo would have been good. I'd love to see Gredo back in an ICW ring. I would love to see Grado chasing Kez Evans for the world title. I think that would be, that would, that would be Dusty and Rick right there. That'd be good. That'd be good.
0: When you mentioned uh, um, Owens, my first thought was Grado. I thought Kevin Owens, Grado. <laughs> oh,
1: well, I, just... I quite like asshole Ke- uh, Kevin Owens. So I, I, I don't know, man. I'd like him to, I'd like him to get the crowd wanting to murder him. I don't, I'd, I'd, mm. I, I, I know Graham. Grado personally for a long time Um, he's a very very talented guy and I think he can make any facet if he walks I would like to see him back in the ring for a run sooner around later definitely and I know he's just become a dad and congratulations
0: Um, so I've got a couple of questions from, from um, Kelly my wife of course for those that don't know um, so the first one was a who'd win the fight John Cena or Drax mainly because you can't see either <laughs>
1: Drax. Drax has got knives Drax has got nice what we're talking about if he was off um, I his character what's his character's name from Suicide Squad
0: um, Peacemaker
1: if he was Peacemaker then it'd be Peacemaker because he would just blow his head off or something um, or rip off his dick and beat him with the, like if it was Peacemaker but if it's John Singer versus Drax then it's got to be Drax because Drax has got nothing to lose and his bona fide mental
0: And the other one is, other than the tea cake, what's your most random tattoo and the story behind it?
1: Random tattoo? Mm. Uh, Oh! I don't know exactly what that is. Can I I show you? I I mean... It's going to be a hard one to show. Like You probably can't see it particularly well. Oh, It's going to be so hard because it's around the wrong... Nah, you can't see it. It's it's around the wrong side of my leg. Sorry. Um, But um, I have... Get back there. Um, I have a Ghostbuster... So that, I have a Ghostbuster tattooed on my leg, with Slimer. Uh, Peter Vinkman from the Real Ghostbusters, uh, eating um, with with uh, Slimer, and Slimer's eating an Iron Brew too.
0: Aha! Uh-huh. Nice.
1: And uh, so that's uh, that's probably probably the most random. And the reason for that is um, I did like the first fringe I did. I did a show called Show Me Your Tattoo, which was all about tattoos. And every day I let the audience design a new tattoo for me. And I said at the end of the run, I'd pick the best one, and the one that they chose was Peter Vinkman, Slimer, an Ironbridge, and that's the one I've got on my like. So that that's the most random one. Although people very rarely see it, I've got a monkey like. Remember the game Monkey Island? Yeah, yeah. Got monkey Island tattooed on my thigh, like the entire 8-bit trilogy tattooed on my thigh. And uh, the one that people uh, have only clogged is I've got the Black Wolf from uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox tattooed on the back of my my wrist. Wish him luck, boys. So that's. Uh,
0: What's that? No, I'm, I'm, I've, yeah, I've been adding to when, when I can during this pandemic. Mankind, uh, Mask, oh, Mankind, wow. watchman uh inspired one and uh, my Iron Brew. I like called, that. That's know. very cool. That's so I've very got cool. million one ideas, but of course, they're not cheap. it's not a cheap hobby to have. It's
1: not tattoos. a cheap hobby to have. And, and believe it or not, this week I was actually meaning to have spent, um <laughs> I was actually meaning to have spent... Uh, getting tattoos and stuff like that. This was actually my week off, so it's not worked out that um gone that way, but I'll catch up with the tattoos at some point.
0: All right, we are we, just speaking about wrestling instead. That's that's uh I love more, it more time. Um so we've got two questions that we ask everyone that are just stupid, but um I think you might like them. Uh what's your favorite dinosaur? <laughs>
1: it's
0: a very serious wrestling podcast with you here.
1: Very serious wrestling podcast. Favourite dinosaur? Um, so I'd have to say the one that I would like to be. And I'd like to be the one that spits, spits that glue shit in the face of Dennis that I put down uh, Jurassic Park. You know the one when he gets in his car and it goes... <laughs> spits the face. And then eats him. That guy. I don't know what the name of that dinosaur is, but I want to be that guy. No one fucks with that guy. Not even a T-Rex. That guy.
0: And uh, what would win the fight? Two sheep or one cow?
1: sheep i think Kaiser are, are dumb i think i think the sheep i think the sheep conduct can have a plan and you never know what a sheep's got buried in its wool. so uh, fucking don't take the risk man don't take the risk don't take the risk sheep no, will fuck back. you up daisy fuck you up
0: imagine a sheep just uh, unsheathing a, a knife from a sheep? grits will
1: fucking hell that sheep's got a taser Bzzz. and then just to teach you a lesson it shags you when you're asleep nobody wants that that's the that's the nightmare every Scottish person has, getting a revenge humping off a sheep.
0: Are you going to clip any bit of this out?
1: <laughs> it's an advertising That that right there is the bit to use. <laughs> revenge humping off a sheep. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so uh, we'll we'll a couple more things before
0: we wrap up because because uh, it is a Saturday night and. Uh, where I am very aware I'm taking a lot of your time up. Uh, no, but I
1: appreciate that because my kids did try to flood the fucking house and delayed this, so again, I would like to apologise. And I would ups. like to apologise about Thursday. It was a That's long day.
0: Absolutely fine. Um, so, you've done tours with the likes of uh, Piper. I it well, was another time I saw you. You were, co- you were comparing for Roddy Piper. Yeah.
1: Do you know, interesting fact, I had, uh, I had a chest infection, like a really, really bad chest infection. So, I remember... Uh, we drove to Timberness and I went, I'm going to go for a sleep in the other room. And do you know, I was asleep for nearly four hours and didn't even like a blink. I was out. They just left me to, that was my first interactions with Roddy Piper. Bless him. Um, it was just as this disease little thing, but yeah, that was fun, man. That was a fun tour. Oh, Roddy. He's up there. we signed picture. He did for me. We sing picture. We personal messages on it. Bless him.
0: Uh, of course. And McFoley. Uh, but the, the one that, that, William Regal sends you um, tweets occasionally about your parents being the crankies. Um, as as a when when you when you started out, are you going to comedy... ask me
1: my parents are the crankies?
0: <laughs> no, sorry, no, well, I mean, if you want to ask that or not, it's it's up to you. But, say, brother, I'm not going to tell you nothing. <laughs> I'm not gonna Tell you nothing. Did you think when you started this comedy caper that you would be sitting in 2021, occasionally seeing a tweet notification <laughs> from William Regal uh, with a picture of the crankies going, "Is this your parents?"
1: Can I can I just say right? It's not just every now and then. It's quite a lot. <laughs> to, to the point that I remember being in New Orleans and meeting Robbie Brookside, he's one of the senior coaches at NXT, coming up to me and go, fucking hell, you didn't tell me your parents were the crankies. So this just isn't a tweet. This just isn't a tweet. All right? He's let out a family seat. Moving on. <laughs> but... Uh, um, i no I did not, but uh, it pops me every single time every single time and we kept we kept we've kept it going for quite a while if if anyone actually goes through some of the tweets, you'll see that there's lots of talks about um other members of the family there's an entire life there's an entire storyline to uh, um family as uh, time as a member of the Crankies family so yeah uncle uncle bill as I like to call him uncle bill um yeah it's 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 fun. It's fun. I really, I really, really enjoy it. I usually get a birthday message, so I'll probably get one next week when it's my birthday. Cause he made like I took the pit. Like I turned up to do a show with him and I had a I had a cut out of Jimmy Cranky's face and I put it on. And motherfucker, he will tweet he will tweet at this picture all the, I don't know what I was think, I Don't know what I was thinking, to be honest, but it's a picture of him going. And me with a cranky face on. So that's probably about the only picture of me and William Regal in the same space. And I've got a fucking Jimmy Cranky mask on because I'm an idiot.
0: I just like there's there's uh, he's he's in Orlando or wherever he is. He's just going, got a good idea, and then Photoshopping your face on things. I just I just that tickles me just the thought of it.
1: <laughs> he's taking the time to do it. <laughs> hey, look, it's... would uh, I'm 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 happy for the attention. I'm happy for the attention. Um, I jet, but for the record, he he loves old school comedy, and whenever we've actually hung out, it tends to be all we talk about. To be honest, like I. It's a generational Comedy, which we love chatting about. He's all, I mean, he got to go to the pier and see some of the greats, do you know what I mean? So, and a, a lovely man full of incredible uh, advice. And uh, I've always found him to be a, a really, a really unbelievably cool cat. And my parents really love him. My parents really love him.
0: Um, so I know we've got so much more I could speak about. We could be here for another hour or so. So I think maybe at some point in season four of the podcast, I'm going to have to get you back for a part two. <laughs> but... I'll do my Fear
1: and Loathing card. I'll do my Fear and Loathing card.
0: do that then. Um, So before we wrap up then, where can people find you on social media?
1: Um, You can find me in loads of different places. Uh, I am on TikTok, but I'm not particularly proficient on TikTok. I should pay more attention to it but I don't. I've got some videos that have gone between 300,000 views and three. So I'm not as uh, a person. But you can find me on TikTok, Billy Kirkwood, uh, underscore comedy. Uh, Don't tend to do any wrestling stuff in there. So if you're not into wrestling, that'd be it. Uh, I did for a while stop talking about wrestling on my Twitter, but I've kind of restarted again. So you can find me on Twitter, Billy Kirkwood. Um, uh, Billy Kirkwood comedian, because there's a couple of Billy Kirkwoods on there, including one, Blessum, who... uh, whose profile is Billy Kirkwood, neither a footballer nor a comedian. Bless him. Bless him. So I don't think the shit this guy's taken over the years. So you can find me there. Uh, uh, um I'm on Facebook as well, Billy Kirkwood Comedian. Uh, or if you want to, and you're looking for some alternative to listen to, you can check out my breakfast show, which is Billy Kirkwood Breakfast, and I'm on West FM. You can listen to us online, on digital, on the app, five days a week, six o'clock till ten.
0: Perfect. Perfect way to end it.
1: With a shameless plug for the motherfuckers that are paying my mortgage.